Welcome to The Farm Project, where a group of ex-members and concerned loved ones take a deep dive into the Christian nonprofit organization based in Holden, Missouri called Harvest Home, Our Father's Farm. We want to caution our listeners, especially ex-farm members, that this episode comes with a trigger warning. This episode also comes with a disclaimer that the information presented and opinions expressed are solely our own. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Farm Project Podcast. This episode is going to look a little different than the previous two where we shared a couple stories from ex-farm members. Dee and I thought it'd be a great opportunity to take a deep dive into Harvest Home's actual website and describe why the farm seemed and still seems so enticing to people searching for healing, like the stories we've been sharing with you. We know that for many listeners, it might be hard to understand or even question like, oh, if this place is so bad, why do people keep going? And there's various answers for that. But one of the ways that Harvest Home does get their word out is through their website. And so that's why we thought that an episode like this could be beneficial to listeners, especially those that have never been on the farm. As SC said, we are doing a little bit of a deep dive. This is D. I'm here to kind of guide us along through this episode. Uh, we are basically going to go through and look at the Harvest Home, Our Father's Farm uh, website. And as we've stated before, it's uh, we call it the farm. And you can go to our pilot episode if you haven't already seen that and get a lowdown of terms that we use, just some good background information. And we highly suggest you listen to that one uh, before any others. And so um, what we're going to do is basically, like I said, go through the website. So if you are able and you want to follow along with us, we are at harvesthome.org. That is uh, the farm's actual website, reading straight from there. And we're going to get SC's point of view as she is an ex-farm member. And she's going to chat with us a little bit about what actually went on there um, as opposed to what they state happens. So to start off, we're just straight on the homepage. Um, You can get their background information and you can watch a little video if you'd like to. I think it's actually a very long video, but yes, it is. And I remember watching it and, um, well, I didn't, I didn't like it, (laughs) but that's only because I have context. And so, you know, uh, if you'd like to watch it by all means. Um, so we're going to just go right into, uh, where they say our mission. I'm going to read that and we're going to see what SC has to say about it. And if it's actually, you know, if it's actually something they practice. So they said, um, our mission is that we believe we can best accomplish our vision by providing a safe, loving, Christ-centered community. I have a hard time reading this, guys. I'm not going to lie. But I'm going to continue on anyway for the sake of everyone. Uh, We accomplish this by providing housing, therapeutic ministry, inner healing, equine encounters, creative arts, and discipleship for the spirit, soul, and body through an intimate relationship with Jesus and the Father through his Holy Spirit. Um, with that said, uh, SC, would you like to give your input as to whether or not they practice that or just maybe some insight? Well, the reading this back, it it sounds like a great place. Like it literally sounds like a refuge from, you know, if you're hurting, but the word that keeps popping out is safe, you know, a safe and loving, like safe is just, I never felt safe on the farm. And that's again, my own opinion. I never felt safe on the farm. And mostly because I didn't feel like I 
personally was in danger inside of the farm, but just everything that is taught on the farm is to fear everything that is not the farm. So you're unsafe when strangers come onto the farm. You're unsafe when you're, you know, going to the grocery, not that I ever went to the grocery store, or I, I mean, I think I went once with my house mom, but you're just not safe. Like the world is just not safe. And the only safe haven is the farm, which is, should be already your first red flag that there is no safety outside of this place. Um, I think they think they are a lot, a loving Christ centered community, but their version of love and Christ is very different than the Christ I know in the Bible. Um, they do provide housing. I, I don't know what therapeutic ministry they are offering because one, they don't use any real therapists. They just use people that have gone through the teachings of the farm and they appoint them as counselors. So I don't see where there's any therapeutic ministry happening. Um, their inner healing is very strange which we'll get into that in future stories. Um, their horse encounters are, uh, at the time that when I was there, they had suspended them because people were, I guess, distant from God and they needed to take a break. I don't know. Um, I don't know what creative arts they're talking about because anything creatively was kind of shunned. Like we couldn't do worship because that was part of like what the secular churches do. They do worship with music. So really it was weird. So I don't know what creative arts, I think they use creative arts however they want to. So if you want to, if they want you to paint something, you'll paint something, but yeah, that one's weird. Um, discipleship for the spirit, soul and body through an intimate relationship. I mean, I can't really say on that because I feel like your individual relationship with the Lord there is uh, based on one woman. So I don't know. I can't really say much to that one, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I know, I know it's a lot to kind of go back to that. Um, and so we appreciate you being willing to do that. Um, and as we said, these are uh, SC's personal experiences, you know, so um, and she was on the farm uh, experiencing these things. <laughs> and so uh, we'll dive in next to their section right to the right that says our beliefs. And it says, uh, we believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which sounds like your typical, you know, Christian organization. Um, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Also, some truth there. Um, we believe that he voluntarily gave up his life in order to offer us the free gift of eternal life. All these things sound pretty pretty normal. Um, we believe that our creator is a healing, saving, delivering, and redeeming God. We believe in faith, hope, and love, and that the greatest of these is love. Um, I think this is a prime example of them using scripture and using, you know, things that we as, you know, um, for those of you who are Christians or just know about, you know, Christianity in general, it's these are pretty typical things to say. Um, so SC, do you have input on that? I mean, I don't, I just in the matter that anybody can put that on a website, um, you know, their idea of faith is very, uh, I don't think it's biblical. Their faith is through works. So I'm not sure what faith they mean when they write that in their beliefs, because faith to me is 
believing in something that you don't see and believing that God is good all the time, but the farm sees it as God is only good to you when you do something for him. Um, and hope the farm for me felt very hopeless. And I feel that the people that are left have some bit of hopelessness that it never gets better because you're just fed fear so much that how can you be hopeful? I just, I don't know. So those are that, that's what's sticking out for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard because, you know, as we said on paper, it looks, it looks good. Um, it looks promising and, uh, it looks like a place where there might be healing. And that is how um, a lot of people get involved. And in my experience, actually, I had looked at this website, um, oh, I don't know, a few years ago, um, when my really close friend was looking into it, um, and had just told me briefly about it. And the way she explained it was, you know, it's it's in nature, and she's she loves nature. Um, and you know, she she loves animals, like a lot of us do, you know, she she loved being creative, like a lot of us do. And um, she just said they offer a lot of good things. And I, I remember vaguely looking at this website and saying, huh, okay, I mean, I see why she wants to go there. I mean, going and hanging out in nature for, you know, 24 seven getting to hang out with horses, like that would be that would be amazing. And um, the really unfortunate thing is that for uh, several years there, I just didn't know that it just wasn't that. Um, and I, in my head, I'm imagining my friend in this really safe, beautiful, hopeful place. Um, and yet now everything I have learned leads me to believe the exa exact opposite is happening. And so, um, you'll see in stories as we go, you can see, um, you know, on our website as well, uh, other, you know, critiques and research we've done on this to show you that while it does look very good on paper, it's strictly just not what's happening. And obviously SC is a, in a prime example of that because she was there. Um, and so moving forward, um, we kind of hit on a couple of these things, but they have a list of ministries um, healing ministries, as they call them. And that would be encountering God sessions. Um, there'd be Bible-based discipleship and life skills. I'm not sure how it's a ministry. Uh, it's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep reading. Equine ministry. That's like your horses, you know, um, uh, music and art and gar garden gardening. <laughs> So sorry. I know the Lord is in everything and I love, I love seeing God and everything. It's just hard to, um, yeah, and it's just a little tough. So SC, what do you have to say about those things? Well, to piggyback what you said, I remember going to the website cause you have to go on the website and send an email if you want to be a part of, if you want to be a resident. So I had to look at the, the website and I just remember being very excited because I have always dreamt of experiencing living on a farm in my life, you know, getting to be around chickens and goats and like goats are like one of my favorite animals. So I was very excited and there's nothing on this page or on this website that would tell me that any trauma could come out of it. But, you know, I, when I came back, I remember looking back at the website and just being angry because again, life skills is on there. 
Uh, they talk about money management, car maintenance, cooking, gardening, animal husbandry, parenting, nutrition. All of this, from my experience, is 100% false. Um, there is no money management. These women, mo mo most of them who live there, are straight out of high school. They don't really have an education. Um, they used to have a job, but then they come to the farm and I don't know what they're working for. Um, they don't have bank accounts set up for them. Like nothing of what this sells for is like life skills is, is true. You're cooking because you have to, you are told to cook um, or you have to cook for yourself because no one's going to cook for you. Um, and the parenting part, I mean, they're just, there are women there. I mean, I remember there being, I think one woman who had had a baby um, and she was living there and they were helping raise this kid, but I'm not sure that they necessarily are helping women who have kids. I, I just, none of that, like, that's the part that makes me angry. None of that is, is true from my experience. <clears throat> so that's, that's frustrating and gardening. I didn't garden because I had to, or because I wanted to, it's because I, I had to, that was part of my chore and it was not fun. Now I hate gardening. I mean, it's, it's sad. Mm. I think, yeah, that's where, um, you know, and that's where I think it's so important to understand that we, they make it, in our opinion, they make it sound like these are all voluntary things. You can choose if you want to do God's, uh, encountering God sessions. You can choose if you want to do, um, learn these life skills. You can choose if you want to hang out with the horses and the animals. You can choose if you want to garden just because it's good for you. You know, you're kind of connecting with with nature and maybe therefore God, like that's kind of the, the interpretation I had when I looked at it. And then when you hear even SC's experiences, you're forced honestly to be doing this. Um, and that's where we are. We have a very hard time not being angry um, because it's not voluntary. Yeah. And if you don't want to do something, I remember one of my housemates, was sick all the time. Um, she just, you know, had stomach issues and all this other stuff. And for her to even be able to get off from doing work, like it was an ordeal. And I remember one time she had to go to the doctors and the doctor, I don't know what doctor they use because it's not one, like it's, it's a farm friend, a farm doctor that knows the farm, but she went into the, she went to the doctor and I guess the doctor said that she could do work for the rest of the day. And she came back and she was pretty rebellious. She didn't want to do work because she didn't feel well, but she was still forced to do some sort of work because you are obligated to work from like 7 a.m. to like 5 p.m., 5 or 5 or like 5.30. It was crazy. But yeah, you, you're you not there to voluntarily heal. You're going to heal on their terms mm -hmm. and how they want you to heal. Yeah. Um, and so... I know I remember too, because when I was able to communicate with um, my friend, uh, she would say, you know, I, I can't talk this day or I, I can't do this this day because I'll be working. And I was always like, I was always a little confused by that phrase because I, I just kind of thought, I mean, naturally there are some limits and boundaries maybe when you are healing, like, yeah, maybe you can't do everything you want to do all the time. However, I was always a little 
concerned at that whole concept because I'm like, if you're trying to heal, I don't understand what what physical like hard labor is going to do about that. And so maybe SC, if you're willing, will you share a little bit about like what work actually meant? Because in my brain, it was so hard for me to concept was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, if you're just there to, you know, heal and, and, and be in nature, like, why are you working? And what does that look like? You know, and if you're willing to explain what that looked like, I think that's a huge um, bit of insight into what we mean by you're forced to do some pretty uh, heavy labor. Yeah, well, uh, for to justify to play devil's advocate for a moment, if this were a real uh, healing farm where it's got accredited medical staff with therapists, people that deal with eating disorders, like I could understand you keep the brain busy. So you're going to garden for a few hours, or you're going to do this for a few hours, but you're monitored by professional staff here. There was no one that I would consider professional. Like they talked badly about doctors. They said, if you know, anything medical that involved needles, that was bad because demons and unclean spirits, which is a conversation for another, another episode, but could enter your body. So there was no justification for me as to why we were working so hard to heal when there was no other staff to help us, you know, heal. Like some women were struggling with some serious, serious disorders and there was no help for them. So there was no justification. Like they should have been going somewhere that could really help with those disorders. But um, so some of the work, I can tell you that when I was on the phone, the work that I was told was working around the farm, working with the animals, you know, um, doing some of the gardening, keeping your mind busy so that you're not just focused on your trauma so much. I see that as, okay, I'll go, I'll work for a few hours. I'll get to just walk the, the farm, kind of be on my own journal. I saw it as like a mental break from the reality that I was coming from. Instead, you are up. I mean, I think I was up every morning at 530. I'd eat a very quick breakfast to then you would go to like an hour and a half of just prayer and teachings by one of the residents. Then you go straight to work. I mean, the sun was barely up and we're working out. So we would all get assigned the, the work for the day. So we'd sit in a circle, the person in charge, the leader that was in charge of like assigning the work for us, she'd come out. And she'd say, okay, so-and-so and so-and-so, and so, you're working in this house today. And when you go to that house, you realize that it's just one of the leaders that needs to make their basement look pretty because they have family coming in the summer or whenever they're coming. So you need to help make it happen. So that would involve cleaning, dusting, painting, um, all of the ins and outs of prepping, you know, a, a space for them. Again, I don't understand how this is relevant to my healing. It, it seems like you're just getting free labor out of these women. That's what it felt like. Another, an, I remember another one was um, one of my housemates was summoned to work on Rhonda, who is the leader, uh, her house, because she decided that she just didn't like the paint that she had anymore in her upstairs area where she hosted people. So women were summoned to exclusively work on this project for like three days where they were rearranging furniture for her. They were painting walls for her. Um, and that was it. And then other days you were 
doing gardening for another one of the leaders because she's too old to garden. So you're just there with your hands and knees deep in soil, just getting roots and you're exhausted. You're in the sun, you know, and if you take a break, you're, it's very limited. You get a lunch break. You better not be late when you come back. Like it was very strict and the work never made sense. I hardly worked with any of the animals and it sucked because that's what I was really excited about. Thank you for sharing that. I know that it's it's a lot to share um, and it does take you back to there, which isn't always easy, but it does give us a lot of insight uh, as to what went on there. And hopefully, you know, to those of you listening, it's it's really kind of painting the picture of what goes on there versus what they state goes on there. Um, so next we're going to kind of move into, um, there's a tab up at the top of the website. If you're there, it's called what we do. And so they have quite a few tabs underneath that. Um, and so I am just going to, uh, kind of dive into those just a little bit and get SC's opinion on, um, how she feels, you know, if this is accurate or not. Um, so we will start with the refuge. Uh, this is one thing that, um, is something I had always heard about and, uh, I think I'd heard about it from my friend once too, but I just never quite understood what it was. Um, and in my mind, it's 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 a little hard to to picture. So I thought we'd try to um, help you all understand it a little bit more from SC's perspective. So do you have anything to share about this or um, information that'd be helpful to understand that, you know, yes, they're claiming they have this refuge building and maybe even the name. Is it actually a refuge? So- if I recall, and you know, I was there a few years ago, so some of the stories are a little foggy for me, but if I remember the refuge building was made with the intention of being able to house like sex traffic victims, because it's broken down. I think there's like four rooms upstairs in the refuge and there's a massive kitchen. Um, right now, from what I remember, it was used only for Rhonda's trainings. And so the people that would pay for the trainings would stay in these rooms. So there would be like maybe bunk beds in like three out of the four rooms. So she could really host a lot of people. But I think the intent or how they sold it was that it was meant to house sex traffic victims. As far as I know from when I was there, I don't recall there being much use for the refuge building other than just for the God encounters. And that's where they host church services. Um, so that would be the top building underneath. Um, trying to think if it was floor level, the floor level was more, they were building more rooms and they were going to add another big kitchen. So it was going to be top and bottom, but again, what they use that building for was for the training sessions. So that's where they would be able to offer housing for people that were paying to go to their training sessions. And um, then the bottom, like the basement or whatever you call it, it was basically like their doomsday bunker. Like they had beans and rice for like buckets of food and buckets of things. Like basically the world is ending. So we're storing a bunch of stuff to be able to get through the end of times. So that's what the refuge building was then from what I recall. Um, so yeah. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. So as we heard from SC, 
this is a large building that was supposedly supposed to be used for, you know, sex trafficking victims um, and to heal and, and, and give hope to uh, men, women, and children. However, it is more so being used for these teachings um, and that Rhonda and uh, other leaders put on and actually do uh, charge for, which is something that I found interesting when we found that out, um, you know, and so what we kind of want to dive into as well is um, the whole idea of this being a nonprofit and a Christian organization. Um, and yet we've heard some stories about some difficulties with being able to quote unquote afford to be there. Um, so they do say below that refuge uh, building description, they have the building a dream section where they explain it just kind of the way that SC did. Um, but then they do say Harvest Home does not charge a fee for residential living. We do ask that those who are able to make a monthly donation of $300 those who are able to make, they don't finish the sentence. It's fine. Um, and they say no one is ever turned away because they aren't able to make a donation. Uh, we do have stories that do counter uh, that statement. And um, maybe, Essie, you can kind of explain what it looked like to, one, um, be a resident on the farm and what residential living kind of looked like uh, briefly. And then what your experiences were of, you know, having, did you have to pay monthly you know, kind of what went on in that area. Yeah. Um, so to acknowledge the, the posting on their website, it seems like they've added that on because I've, I've known three people that have gone to the trainings and they paid to be there. Um, so from my understanding, they had to pay to be there. But I think because it's a nonprofit or because they want to cover themselves, they might paint it as that is a donation. You know, we ask for a donation of this to cover whatever, which is what I was told on the phone when I was going to be a resident. I didn't feel that if I said I can't afford it, they would have let me on the farm. Like I really felt that it was like, this is the fee, but it's going to be counted towards a donation. But if I said I can't afford this, I don't know that they would have let me on the farm. Or I think it would have been kind of one of those situations where I would have been, I would have owed them something in some fashion. And I, that would not have been fun. Um, so resident living is you are assigned a home and you're assigned a house mom. So I think I had the most housemates. I had like one, two, three, four, five housemates plus my house mom. Um, and um, you get a bed, a little piece of a closet or drawers, and you share uh, responsibilities. I, it, it almost feels like what I envision as a halfway house, if that makes sense. Like that's what I envision it. So going in there, you have all these housemates, you don't have privacy, like ever you're sharing a bathroom with four people um everybody's always monitoring what you're doing so if you're alone like it, people are questioning you it's there's no privacy but that's basically the resident life and again i was asked to donate this 300 dollars, but when i was overstaying my time like when my timeline was going over like the month long um timeline I remember my house mom coming up to me like asking me like what are you doing because you know you're you're on for the second month like basically I need to pay for the second month 
um, that I was there. So yeah, I would say that's probably a controversial statement. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that we, it is like, just to be transparent, that part is a, a struggle because when you're talking about nonprofits and Christian organizations, they're virtually untouchable in a lot of ways because they don't have to report things to the IRS. And there's just a lot of, um, loopholes, I feel like, um, you know, and, and when it's used correctly, that makes sense. Um, we understand that, but when it's not, that's where we have a problem with it. Um, and that's where we're trying to, you know, um, show you guys, you know, our experiences and, and, um, read you guys others real life experiences with this just to show you the the intentions while they may have been good in the start they just have uh just (laughs) gone wayward with that um quite a bit in from from all the stories that we've gotten and just from um sc's explanations and and so we we love the idea of a nonprofit Christian organization utilizing these things well, but when they're not, that's when we need to call it out. Um, and so that's kind of why we want to talk about that and, and show you that, you know, on the website, yes, they do say that um, they ask if you're able to make a monthly donation. Um, it, I do find it interesting that they they give you a specific number because I typically donations are your choice. Um, and so uh, that kind of stuck out to me as well. Um, And, you know, it's funny also because they say no one is ever turned away because they aren't able to make a donation. However, they might make you stay to earn your your stay um, or to do things. And we do, I do believe we have a story um, about something similar to that. And and people have, you know, uh, been kicked out because they couldn't afford it um, with nothing left in their bank account. And that's terrifying, um, among other reasons to be terrified. So there's there's just stories out there. Um, there's some things that just don't make sense that uh, make us believe that something, a statement like this just isn't true. Um, and so, uh, yeah, with that. <laughs> yeah, there's enough There's enough to, to contradict. Yes, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so, yeah, to keep moving, um, you know, I... I think, why don't we dive into um, like what church services look like? Um, What, because, you know, naturally we all have our idea of a church service, you know, you have worship and then you have someone come up and speak and then typically you end with worship or prayer and, you know, and that's it. It's about an hour, two hours long. Um, Can you explain what your experience was with church services? Yeah, it was weird because it was after a work day. And so Fridays, we got to go home a little bit early from the work day. Um, But it was like a mad dash to everybody showers, get themselves ready. And so if you're sharing a bathroom with, you know, four other people, like that creates a complication. So you have to eat dinner or whatever. So you can't be late. So I think when I was there, it was like, it starts at six. So we all had to be there at 530 because we couldn't be late but we also had to be there at 5.30. So it made no sense, but we were there and there was no worship music because if I recall then at the time, Rhonda didn't believe in like doing things like the, I guess the secular church or the modern day church, because that's not real worship to her. Like, um, so her husband would come up, he'd crack a couple jokes, maybe tell a story. And then he would invite people to share what God has been doing in their life that week. 
Um, and so people from all over the farm would come. And so some of the people that came to church services, you wouldn't see them during the week because they live uh, on the farm. They work on the farm, but they're like separate. They don't, they're not house mom or dads. They just kind of contribute to the farm in some way. So that's the only time that you would see them is Fridays, but also people from the community would come. So I would know, I would meet people that were connected to the farm in some way. They were donors. They just came to Rhonda's teachings um, that lived in the area. So that's how I, you know, got to know some of the people in the community that didn't live on the farm, but just supported the farm in some way. Um, this was about maybe 30 to 45 minutes of this, you know, Danny speaking, then him moving into hearing people's testimonies for that week. If somebody was led to sing a song, they would go up and sing a song a cappella, and then a worship service could ensue in that way only if God calls it. Uh, very strange. But then we'd get take like a 10 minute break. And mind you, we have already worked, you know, a full five day work week, and we are going to work Saturday as well for half the day. So timeline, it didn't matter. So once all of that happened, whatever God led it to be, then Rhonda would come and teach. And Rhonda taught however long she felt it. And sometimes she'd interrupt, you know, to say God is giving me something now. And she'd go into a deliverance or something. I remember one time, I think we were there for like five hours, um, getting to bed to have to wake up early in the morning to then, you know, do all the things. And it was exhausting. If you were responsible for closing chickens, uh, like on a Friday for church service, you would have to leave church to then go close chickens on your own. And then sometimes I, I mean, one time I got caught in the dark and you're not supposed to be out in the dark because there's coyotes. So that's terrifying. You'd come back and you'd continue the church service, no matter how tired you are. Like there were times where I could have fallen asleep, but you're not allowed to. So it didn't matter. Like. There was no one hour, two hour, five, six hours. I've I've been told that they've gone up to like one or two in the morning, which is crazy. But that's what their church service was structured like. <laughs> that is, um, yeah. I mean, I think that we can, yeah, well, me and you at least can agree um, that that is a little not normal i don't know what i'm this is the first time i'm hearing it um well it's excessive it, it right excessive was my word and i'm and i'm just i'm a little um you know as you guys are listening i some of the stuff i am learning on the spot um and because i actually haven't been there myself it's just um a friend of mine that is currently there um and these things are just they're honestly really, really hard for my brain to grasp. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think that that's where um, these questions come in. And so, you know, I mean, my thing is here, it says on their website, it says that um, our fellowship is relaxed and extremely relational. Come as you are and you will fit in nicely. So that's what's, I mean. I'm sorry, I don't mean but, to laugh. I just, I can't, I don't know what emotion to I, evoke because it's not relaxed. Right. Well, <laughs> right. You're like, it's not re relaxed. I don't, I mean, is it relational? It sounds like it's literally just Rhonda stepping up on the platform and speaking what she wants to speak. Yeah. I mean, if you count as being in a group, 
you know, with people relational, but I don't, you know, know. I mean, it was just, you're just there to listen to Rhonda. And what sucks too, is that you would hope that in a, in a place that calls himself a healing farm, a lot of their teachings would be about hope and, you know, that there is hope in the darkness and that, you know, there is hope out there when you go back home, but no, it was all fear filled of just like, we are letting the flame die on the farm. So we must do X, Y, Z to get God back on the farm. Cause he will leave us. And he told me that he will leave us if we don't do this. And it's like for people that don't know Christ or that are learning Christ in this way, I would be terrified. Like I would be terrified to think like, Oh my God, God is not going to love me anymore. So just, I think that's what was so irritating is like, we're working five days a week or six days a week, but this is our fifth day of working. We're exhausted. Now you're filling us with fear that God's going to leave us. And, and, you know, God doesn't love us if we don't do all of these things. And, you know, you all are misbehaving and, you know, it was always just shame filled. You know, you can't talk about farts. You can't talk about this and that because it's sinful. It was awful. So, I mean, I think that's what made the whole experience that much worse because nothing was hope filled. Mm. It was just fear filled. Well, it sounds to me <laughs> um, like they are breaking you down. Mm-hmm. And that's what is a little, that's what's so terrifying to me is that, you know, I think all of us can relate to, you know, having a long day or a long week at work and you know, you come home and you just want to, you just need to sit, you just need to take a moment, but they like, from the sounds of it, you guys didn't have those moments. And when you thought you did, you'd have to be sitting in front of somebody. Literally, it's like it's like going home and then watching bad news <laughs> on the TV. We all know that's not helpful. Like we, we, I think we can agree that that's that's a little devastating and like you said, hopeless. And and yet you're supposed to get back up the next day and you're supposed to be healing. That to me screams red flag because there's literally no time to actually heal. Yeah. And you have to fill people with the hope that things do get better, you know, if you're healing from something. And, and so when, when Rhonda would do teachings like this, then our house moms or the leadership were tasked with keeping us accountable. So if we're called to continue to fan the flames so that we keep them, you know, ignited on the farm. I mean, I remember my last week or so there, my last two weeks there, this was Rhonda, literally, this was Rhonda's teaching that we're, we're just not doing enough. So God is leaving us. And every night we would have to sit as a, as a house and we'd have to read scripture. We'd have to discuss scripture. Sometimes it would lead to deliverance. And so I would excuse myself because I didn't want to be a part of it. And I would just say that I'm extremely tired out of respect. I'm going to go to sleep. And I would be awakened at 2am with my housemate screaming and being delivered by from something and we have to be up at 5 30 to go to work but this was like every day like you're so mentally exhausted you're so physically exhausted spiritually exhausted i don't i i mean i can't blame you know the women and men who live there that fall for this because they're just broken down to the point that you are a victim right yeah and it's it's funny too because i you know in my opinion how i view you know going to church, like a church service. Um, and obviously that can look differently for everybody, but, but overall you're supposed to leave with, you know, with a refreshed viewpoint or like, or just feeling, you know, once again, to use the word hopeful, you're feeling, you know, um, refreshed, you're feeling 
full of love really and, and, and encouraged to face the next day, the next week, or, you know, whatever's coming. And it literally sounds like it's all being, everyone's feeling discouraged or they're just feeling tired and broken down. And honestly, um, that is something where, you know, you can read some stuff on our website, but that's a prime, prime, um, way to take advantage of somebody, uh, mentally, especially, I mean, you know, I think you can, if you can, not that we can relate to it, um, in the sense that it's happening there, but when you're mentally exhausted, how functional are you, you know, and, and, and you start, you start breaking down, you start losing, you know, your normal train of thought. Like it's just, you're just, it's so easy to be manipulated. And I think that that's where we see a lot of the stuff go on where then this fear is instilled in these men and women. And therefore, you know, they're being told if you leave, you know, God's, God's going to punish you or something bad's going to happen to you. So therefore, you know, sure, they're involuntarily staying there, but it's because they're so scared for their life that they don't want to leave. And that is something that is honestly gut-wrenching um, that, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's just gut-wrenching. That, that's all I got. <laughs> well, I mean, that's cult-like behavior. I mean, right there. It, if you're if you're not letting people leave or if you're telling people that if, if they leave, uh, this is going to, this, something bad is going to happen to them or that this is the only, this is the holy place. You know, this is, you know, it's like, really just your farm, your, your little farm out of the whole world. Like if you don't live on that farm, you're not saved. That is wild. That's wild. But people believe that. Oh yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of why we wanted to do, uh, this episode was to, dive into a little bit about, you know, what it looks like on paper on the website, uh, how it kind of makes you feel, especially if you're in a vulnerable place, you know, you feel like they are going to offer you this healing, they're going to offer you um, some kind of some form of recovery, uh, just to get to the other side of whatever you're dealing with. Um, And some women going in there are dealing with some like, like SC said, some really, really hard things, some disorders, some, some physical things even. And yet this is how they're supposed to find healing. Um, and that is just, uh, quite alarming and confusing to, uh, someone like me. And, and, uh, that's where we just really want to showcase, you know, these are their intentions or these are what they're kind of giving you, um, to, to, to make this place seem appealing and it works obviously. Um, but we just really want to make you aware of the fact that not everything you read and see is true. Um, just because they're stating it doesn't make mean that that's what happens. And just to do your research, um, you know, we don't want to be on here saying, you know, you shouldn't go find help or find, um, recovery or, or, or even healing for that matter. However, um, I'm going to throw my, (laughs) my two cents in this. If someone is offering you straight up direct healing themselves, that feels alarming. Um, cause in, in, in my, in my faith, um, only God can give you healing, um, and true healing, uh, to the point where, you know, you, you fully recover and, um, not to say he won't use other things to do that. However, the way that it's being, um, showcased here feels just a little, um, a little out, out of line. However, I mean, once again, it's an opinion of mine. Um, but we just want you to be aware of these things. We want to show you the what they're promising versus the reality. Um, and so I think that, you know, we've covered quite a bit in this episode and we'll be covering more um, in the future. But 
uh, SC, do you have anything else to, to add? No, I, I, I'm on board with everything you said. You know, I, again, continue to reiterate, this is solely my experience, my opinion, um, you know, and I know that I was one of the ones that was there for the least amount of time. Um, and so I don't want to speak for all of the stories. This is just my story. My, my, uh, experience living on the farm will share other stories of people that have lived there for years. And some of the stuff that they experience is way heavier than, you know, I can even express, but, you know, again, this is just our opinions do with that information you know, what you will, you can look on their website on your own and do your own research. But yes, you know, if you are struggling with something, we're not discouraging you from getting help. Like I'm all for it. So. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And, and once again, as we've mentioned, um, you aren't alone. Um, if you have experienced anything like this, um, even if it's not even directed or directly related to the farm, we're here for you. Um, and naturally, if you have had an experience at the farm and you'd like to maybe begin to share your story or just talk to someone you can trust, uh, we're here. And we understand that there's, you know, there's a lot to that and sharing can be scary. Uh, however, we do want to offer a safe place for you to do that. And we will have uh, resources linked, all that good stuff for you. But we just appreciate you being here listening in. Um, and if you do have any questions, thoughts or concerns, you're always welcome to reach out to us. Thank you for listening to the Farm Project Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new releases and updates. You can visit our website at www.thefarmprojectmo.org. And for more information, you can follow us on social media at thefarmproject underscore mo. Do you have a story to tell? You aren't alone. We will respect your privacy if you do decide to share it. Our goal is to warn others and also take solace in a shared grief. Connect with us on our website or social media to share your story or to just talk to another ex-farm member. And one last thing before we go, have a question about the episode you just heard? Hop on over to our website and submit your question by following the link on our homepage.